What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold, hard facts and fresh, hot takes. Can I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in here? Serving it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. I'm Bruce Nolan, that is Nate Geary, and this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F-words. That's right, food and football. The third one is frickin' vacation, baby, because mm. Bruce is on vacation. And vacation for me is a little bit looser of a term than some would refer to it. Vacation could either be going away somewhere or it could just be off work at home. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not going to tell you whether what that is, but all you know is I am off of work for the next few days. I am very excited. Nate, I don't know if you've been checking out my social media feed at all, but I have had an opportunity to have some good food today and I got prepped for mm. food for thought by consuming myself some good food. A reminder that the entire Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network is presented by Picasso's Pizza. That's right. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping locally mm. and nationwide at picassospizza.net. Get the comments section is hopping here. Karen says, happy six days away from Bo Bills football. Go Bills, go Bills, Karen. Jessica says, wow, Nate, that place is so stark. You need to fill up. Nate's got some minimalistic stuff going on. I got stuff. I got stuff. It's coming. As you can see over here to my. Over there. That would be your left, Um, our right. I was trying to do it without turning around. But yeah, uh, I got a a poster going up over there. I got two things that are about to get uh, framed. For that part of the wall and that part of the wall behind the other each side of those TVs, uh, you know, it's um, it's actually Bruce's basement. So don't tell everybody. Gosh, <laughs> RJ says, I think I saw some nice fa on Bruce's Twitter. That's right. All right. So this is this is a little peek behind the curtain. I almost decided to use fa as the third F, even though it doesn't start with F because everybody thinks it starts with F. I was inches away from using pho as the third F for today's show, but I didn't. I had some pho today, Nate. I had a bon me. We mm. had some bubble tea. I had Dippin' wow. Dots, the ice cream of the future today. It was a magical, magical day. And I've also had three or four different whiskey root beers. Oh. So very excited. I've- Never had whiskey and root beer together. I I can't tell you the last time I've had root beer. Um, can I can I ask you because you know I it's recently been fair season. I assume you hit up a, a a local county fair and or some kind of carnival over the last couple of weeks. It's it's carnival fair season. You've been to it one is. of them, correct? Yeah. So when you go there, that's kind of the time I think I see Dippin' Dots the most, right? Which is makes sense. Sure. You know, yeah. it's kind of a fair setting food. Um, when when is it the ice cream of the, of the present? Because they've they've said the future for a very long time, and it the feels like the now. future is now. 
It's now. So I, I mentioned this to, to Leanna when we were at the fair and getting Dippin' Dots. And I said, or no, it was the Eden Corn Festival. Uh, and I said, um, when does it stop being Corn of the Future and just Corn of the Right Now? Because I've, 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 I've been seeing Ice of the Future or Ice Cream of the Future since 2007, 2006. Oh, this, is what, I, this is what I imagine the future that. would be like. Way before that, because we've established that I am way older than you. And yeah, you're an old since, man. since I was a kid, it's been that scenario. So I had some good stuff, not going to lie. RJ says that he, I get bonus points for pronouncing pho correctly. Yes. My oh, wife was introduced to pho for the first time today. Ooh. She had never had pho before. And I have now had an opportunity to show her fun. She didn't love the bond me as much as I did. I think she got a little piece of fatty pork at the very beginning, but, but she was in on the pho all the way in. And I am in to pho this ad read up because since 1878, (laughs) the sponsor of this show, Genesee brewing company has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint can and bottle of their beer. They make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty line with beers like Ruby Red or Pineapple Kolsch and Oktoberfest. Genesee Brewery, mm. Rochester, New York. Mm, beer. As a reminder, like, subscribe, rate, review, press all the engagement buttons for me, and Super Chats. Equal to or greater than $10, get a Genesee pint class. Just make sure you're following at Genesee Brewery on Twitter and DM at Nate Geary Sports. Proof yep. of the Super Chat and the Genesee follow with your address, and he will get you that. Nate, are you ready? Me? Yeah, are you ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I'm There's ready. nobody else it's in the room. room. We've already established it's how Stark it is. It's Not even point. Tony Stark, just Stark Baron. Just, just Stark Baron, yes. If you still had the mustache, maybe Tony Stark. Yeah, if I saw the mustache, there'd be a second person in here. So that's that's why I was confused. I just usually I have usually there's three people talking. Sure, 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 sure. Now, have you considered growing out the full goatee with little prongs on the side of it, the Talk way that Tony Stark does? Get some right prongs here. off or the like, side, like up the cheek. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. No, not prongs off the mustache. Prongs off the bottom of the goatee. Oh, so like, it, yeah, yeah, prongs. There you go. But it goes the opposite direction. Have you ever seen Iron Man? No, I'm not a Marvel guy. Okay, just while I'm while I'm introducing this concept, go ahead and Google Tony Stark and see the prongs on the goatee that I'm talking about. Now, oh, today. Okay. Exactly. So today, we are going to talk about foods that you haven't had, but you still fantasize about. And I swear I'm going somewhere with this counselor. I am doing it. I am going somewhere with this. Nate, I'm going to go ahead and start us off. Okay. I was I was eating my pho today, and I was talking to my wife who was having her first round of pho. Yeah. And I said, let's get pho up. And <laughs> so we did. We got pho up today. And I, there's so many puns I can make. Just all the puns. I'm going to make so many puns. It's not even close. Food, and football, I, and pho. And pho. So, <laughs> so I thought about foods that I yet haven't had because there's a lot of things that my wife has to cross off her list, but there aren't a ton of things I have to cross off mine. Nate, there aren't a lot of things that I fantasized about that. I'm like, man, I'll bet you that food's really good, but I haven't had it. I've gotten a chance to live in a lot of places and experience a lot of different things when it comes to culinary delights. But there is one thing that I think I need to have at some point soon because it's starting to spiral out of control in my head and it's Ethiopian food. I have not had Ethiopian food specifically injera. Injera is the spongy bitter sour kind of bread that you use to grab the other parts of an Ethiopian dish, the curries and whatnot. Okay. The, the cubes of raw meat, things like that. And I don't know what it is, but I absolutely need that. Hmm. I need it in my life like I need my next breath. I haven't had it yet, but I still fantasize about it. 
Castellan in the comment section says, in about a month, Mrs. Nolan will say the thought was just okay. Thank you so much, Castellan. Castellan knows she does that know. my wife has a, what we call a, a eroding opinion issue. She'll say she really liked it. And then a month from now, she'll go, yeah, it was okay. Eh. And six months from now, she'll go, you know, I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> did you go with like classic pho, which I would say is just like a beef yes, onion I broth? So I went with, I went with beef brisket is what I did. Okay. Okay. Um, my wife went with chicken uh, pho that actually had shrimp in it. So she went that way. So, okay. but we also had a banh mi. I don't know if you're a banh mi man or I, not. Yes, I'm. I'm a Vietnamese. One thing. of the best banh mi's I've ever had in my entire life. Mm. I had today, and I just every time I had a bite, I would set it down and look at my wife and go, "This is so good." Big this spring roll so guy good. myself. Big spring roll because I'm a big peanut peanut sauce fan. Um, we've got this place that uh, is on the west side. It used to be like three blocks from my old apartment. Um, they had some of the best peanut sauce. Faux dollar or pho dollar, but it's faux dollar. That's how you would want to pronounce it. Faux dollar. Nice. Is everything faux a dollar? <laughs> you know, I the first time I went, I that's I I went because I assumed it was going to be the cheapest meal of my life. It's quite expensive. No, I mean it's you know standard Vietnamese. However, have you ever had Vietnamese? You're not a coffee drinker, right? I am not. Okay, so you would have never had Vietnamese coffee, but Vietnamese coffee changed my life. First of all, it's like tractor oil. Um, so you, 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 you go, you're, you're flying after that, but what they do is they mix it with condensed milk, sweetened condensed milk. And that is a total game changer for iced coffee. So by the way, if you're listening, sweetened condensed milk in your iced coffee blended is actually one of the most incredibly amazing combinations that you're ever going to have. Do it. If you haven't already, I will, I will do it. Did you did you want to know about well you're not is Miss Nolan's not a coffee drinker is she either Mrs Nolan is a coffee drinker yes okay get absolutely. get her get get a can of sweetened condensed for her I'm sure you got to have some in the house sweetened condensed in your coffee yes or but you, it, the problem is the, you have to have like one of those blenders coffee? yes in black coffee you have to have like one of those like, like espresso an blenders blender? yeah well they have like an espresso one you know it's like a frother yeah. um. You have to have one of those, other, or you could put it in a blender and actually blend it up with hot coffee. Um, but I would, I would suggest going with the like immersion style blender. Um, okay. Yeah, we can do it's, that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a party. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's real good. So, what is the food you haven't had but you fantasize about? So, I thought about this, and I'm not going to necessarily go with a food. I am going to because I've had this food. I've just never had it from this place. It's raising cane. I've never had raisin. You've never canes. had raisin canes? No, I've never had raisin canes. There's no, there's none in Buffalo. All right. And All like, right. I can count on my, this. I can count on one hand how many times I've been to the state of Ohio. Um, I've been to Cleveland a couple of times. Um, I've not even really driven through Cleveland a whole bunch, to be quite honest. Uh, because it's I'm not a Cleveland alone. thing. Yeah, I know, but it's an Ohio thing. Is it? That's where the closest I'm... ones are. Oh, the closest ones to you. Yeah, there's, 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 I mean, I've, I haven't checked if there's any in Canada. There might be a couple of, if there's some in Canada over the border, that might be the closest to me. Um, but I think like Columbus or, or Cleveland, I think it's like Cleveland or Columbus are the, are, are the closest Raising Cane's locations to me. And I've had chicken fingers. I've had, is that what you'd call them? Chicken fingers? No, you'd call Absolutely. them. Absolutely. I, I do not, not distinguish chicken between chicken, chicken tenders finger. and chicken fingers. Okay, no, they're chicken tenders. They're chicken tenders. Yeah. They're chicken tenders. What's the difference between a tender and a finger? A finger is a flattened out large thing. A tender is the skinny finger. So the finger would be what you and I got at Kelly's Corner. That's a no, finger? Those are, yes, those would be fingers. So if you don't actually take a Thor's hammer, if you don't take Mjolnir to the tender Correct. then it's not a finger then it's not a finger it is a it is a tender yeah but why does it look more like a finger before you smash it uh after well, you smash I would, it, it looks I would less argue like a finger the tender looks like a finger but i don't yes, make the tenders rules, look like a finger fingers do not look like fingers by that definition bruce i don't make the rules all i'm saying is that is it's not by description it's just by definition the definition of a finger is a flattened large piece of and usually it's white meat only 
right? So, well, I mean, so are tenders, but tenders are the, are the smaller, longer pieces, you know? And I would Trey's say that's in the comment what, section. He says he lives in Texas and it's definitely not an Ohio thing. Kane's you know what? Incredible. You know, it's a Texas thing that is a nowhere else thing. Uh, no. Whataburger. No, Whataburger's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where I had my first one. I'm sorry. I didn't listen. I had Whataburger in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where I first had Whataburger, and I really enjoyed it. I had uh, Whataburger in San Angelo, Texas. Uh, it was okay. Uh, but better than In N Out. It's better than In N Out. Shut the. Absolutely. Shut, shut the, the fuh. Shut the fuh up, Bruce. Shut the fuh up. Are it's you kidding better. me? Whataburger no, is better you than In N Out. You don't like raw onions, so you you can't talk about this. I had it without raw onions, and it still wasn't as good. Nah, the onions, like the onion on the on the In and Out Burger, is a really important aspect, buddy. I mean, it's a hugely important aspect. In fact, onions, cooked onions, though, are onions. I believe a Win. huge staple of a true smash burger. You get a bunch of white onion on an the Oklahoma smash burger, burger, sure, and you and you smash it. I mean, that that to me is is what I want in my smash burger. That's 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 an Oklahoma burger. Having having putting I don't the, know where it's from. I just know I want it in my mouth. Well, so what you do is you take the meat, you place it on there, you put the onions on it, and then you smash it. So you're smashing the onions into the patty itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then when you flip it they over, you get it together. Yes. Yeah. So that, that's an Oklahoma burger, right? That's mm. Oklahoma smash burger. Sounds good. And I agree with you. That's absolutely a great way to do it. That is not the way that In and Out does it. If so they did, I, maybe they could salvage their mediocre product. We're we're diverting off of Raising Cane's, but I, what I was going to ask you about Raising Cane's is help, helping me understand a little bit sure. what makes it so special. Um, because I'm going to tell you right now from my current favorite chicken finger, chicken tender. No, let's just, I'm going to strictly keep it to chicken tender. So my favorite chick, fast food chicken tender is Zaxby's. Um, so Raising Cane's Zax- is like Zaxby's taken up by one notch. Okay. Very similar in style. Okay. Very similar in everything. It, it, it's it's Zaxby's up a notch. I've had both. In fact, I had Zaxby's after the first time I had Raisin Cane's. Okay. With the ex- express intent of comparing them. And my argument was, okay, I need to compare apples to apples here. And what I yep. came to the conclusion was that Zaxby's was just a diet version of okay. Raisin Cane's. It was like Raisin Cane's, only not quite there. And like, what wasn't quite there? Was it the sauce? Was it the chicken? Was it the breading? Like, what wasn't quite there for you? To me, it was the actual chicken quality itself. I think the breading structure and you know composition is actually very similar, but the actual chicken itself wasn't quite the same level of quality. Now, okay. I had okay. I had Zaxby's in South Carolina is where I had okay. Zaxby's at the time. Okay. Um, so, so we've got Zaxby's for me. Zaxby's Chick Fil A. Popeyes, KFC. Goodness gracious! I think one of the worst meals I've ever had was KFC. In my entire life was KFC, and recently it was so KFC. bad that I think they've, I might I might just have sworn off. Entirely. They've stopped trying. I mean they they have just completely given up, and like the 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 colonel the colonel would would be rolling over in his grave right now if he saw what KFC has turned into. You know what? I, I agree with that. And we're, we're you know, that. we are going we're to, we're going to, we're going to close that topic on that note, because that's a great way to finish that up. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. 
Find Reese's now at a store near you. And we're going to talk about Bill's Rams because the next time that you and I talk will be the day after after Bill's Rams, which means this is kind of like a really early preview episode. And so normally the earliest preview episode anyone's getting the earliest preview. And we're going to talk about schematically. What are you looking for? The X's and O's wise. What are you looking for? This is not a projection. This is not a prediction. For those of you who have not followed this show during the football season, Nate and I drastically pivot from something that has nothing to do with football at all to all of a sudden talking about specific strategic things that we are looking for in the next football game. Nate, what are you looking for? Bill's Rams. So there's a couple of things that I'm going to be looking for early in the game in terms of what the Rams are going to do defensively. Uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, got some time in towards the end of preseason. Um, it, uh, is apparently at full strength or close to it, but had offseason shoulder surgery. Um, I'd like to know if if there's a little rust, if that might be affecting him early this season. And I'd like to see the Bills, how they test that. I think he's going to be he's going to be one-on-one with Stephon Diggs for most of this game. And that means Gabriel Davis might have some opportunities um, in single coverage on the other side of Stephon Diggs. So I'll be looking at that. But also, you know, now that they've got Bobby Wagner in there and he's kind of like fully integrated into that defense, are they going to be running more nickel looks, more two linebacker sets than, than traditional more dime looks, which is what that defense was for the majority last year. And they had a lot of, um, you know, I think really timely blitzes from Raheem Morris, their defensive coordinator, um, bringing that fifth defender and whether he was coming off the edge or whether it was off of, you know, uh, out of the slot corner position, the Rams were really able to sort of manufacture um, those six man boxes by bringing in the safety or bringing in that slot corner late in the down or late um, in, in the play. So I think for me, um, you know, are we going to see more three line or two linebacker sets from the Rams? And, you know, what, what does this defense look like without Von Miller? Um, you know, what does it look like with Aaron Donald uh, a year older? So um, there's a couple of things like I'm going to look at specifically from the Rams and defensively on how the bills are going to try to try to operate. I think the most unique thing about week one and being the very first game, Bruce, is both of these teams combined, their starters played one series. Um, I'm well, I should say they, they played two series because the Bills defense played to two series um, in that second preseason game. So combined, these two teams have two series of starters playing and all of them are coming by the Bills. Um, so there is no preseason film and not that I think Sean McDermott or or Sean McVay are going to waste a lot of their time using preseason film to try to determine what they're going to game plan for this given week. I just think, you know, what we have for both of these teams is the Super Bowl team, the Super Bowl winner and a team that played two basically perfect games offensively and back-to-back games against the, um, you know, against the chiefs and, and obviously new England and home um, that's what they're going to be going off of. So it'll be interested to me. It'll be interesting to me what kind of respect Sean McVay and Raheem Morris give Josh Allen and, and, and how they play them early. I think we'll have a lot to say about how the bills will attack them later on. That actually leads perfectly into the thing that I'm looking for from the Buffalo bills, Los Angeles Rams game. And that is the Buffalo bills, theory when it comes to personnel packages against the Rams because one of the things we've all just kind of assumed this offseason is you might see a little bit more personnel diversity from Ken Dorsey than you saw from Brian Dable you might see a little bit more 12 I see a little more 21 a little more 22 and a lot of that hinged on the idea that you would have OJ Howard out there well now OJ Howard's not going to be out there do those same things apply when it's Quentin Morris at TE2 do those same things apply when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams and their reworked linebacker core, because now they have Bobby Wagner. If they're going to run heavier, are you going to run lighter? Is this a scenario where it could look like Pittsburgh week one of 2021, where the Buffalo Bills came out in 10 personnel a lot? Or is this a scenario where it's a lot of 12, it's a lot of 21, it's a lot of 22. How much of a role is Reggie Gilliam going to play? Because the Rams are set up to be able to go heavier if they'd like. Like you mentioned, it doesn't just have to be a dime defense anymore. They can go a little heavier if they'd like. Are the Bills going to lean into that and go, you know what? We're going to test this theory that you think you have, that you think you can go heavier, Rams. Because we don't think you really can. And it's really going to be, 
Isaiah McKenzie if he's healthy. Yep. Or Jamison Crowder or Khalil Shakir versus whoever that nickel defender is going to end up being that game mm. for the Los Angeles Rams. That chess match is going to be everything for me. Do the Bills feel like they have a better advantage when they go 21? And if they go 21 or if they go 12, how are the Rams going to respond? Are they going to stay in nickel? Are they going to go base? What are they going to do? That first scripted drive. Yeah. And the pivot off of that is going to be everything because it's not just the Bills thinking that they might be something different this year that they might be somebody who runs a little heavier packages. It's also the Rams are the same. It marries up perfectly. The Rams might go a little heavier on defense this year than they previously did. And the Bills might go a little heavier on offense this year than they previously did. And it all comes together in this beautiful symphony. And I am just really excited to see it as a football fan. If I did not have a vested interest in this game, if I was not rooting for a team, I would still be absolutely glued to my television. Yeah. Because it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I, I think starting in 21 and running away from Aaron Donald sounds really good to me. I, Reggie I Gilliam. I wouldn't be upset about it. No, I mean, I, I think that's kind of the, the game plan that you might want to try to pull out. And listen, Bruce, like this is a defense, you know, they still have Leonard Floyd on the outside on the edge, who's just, who's still really, you know, a top 25 edge rusher in the league. I think I think he's an underrated player, especially when you put him on a defensive line with Aaron Donald. And obviously you still have the premier of premier corners in Jalen Ramsey. Can he stay? Is he healthy? That's something I'm going to want to see early on in this game. And then obviously on the other side, I think this is going to be a really unique, uh, a sneak preview of what this, I think new Rams offense looks like. I'm excited to, to, to sort of see what Allen Robinson looks like in this offense. Um, they have a healthy Cam Akers, a healthy Daryl Henderson. How long that lasts, I'm not sure. They've got a, a healthy Tyler Higby. They've got the weapons outside of their number three, Van Jefferson. I think we're going to see more Tutu Atwell in this game. But no Van Jefferson. Short of that, they pretty much have all their weapons healthy, and we'll see what – I think Stafford's completely fine. I think the shoulder thing's been pretty overblown for the most part. So I, I'm just – I, I'm looking forward to see what the new look Rams offense looks like and kind of how Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier are going to try to protect their young corners. And I think that goes for Dane Jackson too. And I know Dane's going into year three and has earned the respect and, and the admiration of his teammates and the way that he played in the second half of last season without Tredavious white. Um, but there's, he's going to need to be protected because I think for a, a, a large part of this game, He's going to be asked to go up against Cooper Cup, who had one of the greatest NFL seasons ever for a wide receiver a year ago. 145 catches, 1,800 yards. Um, like th this is this is a perennial All Pro that they're going to be going up against in Week One. Um, I'll be interested to see how they try to protect them. Is it you know bracketing coverage? Is it um, dropping guys in zones when they're going to try to you know uh, hurt you in the short passing game? Do you maybe drop back? Um, you know, Gregory Rousseau, or, or, or is this going to be a thing where you're trying to get your, your hands up at the line of scrimmage at the short passing game and, and try to let Vaughn go to work. So um, yeah, there, there's a lot to, there's a lot to kind of talk about on both sides, but I think the most, maybe the most unknown is how the Rams offense looks now with Allen Robinson and, 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 and a full healthy backfield. Allen Robinson would have been my second choice for this question, because I think Allen Robinson can do the things that the Los Angeles Rams were asking Odell Beckham to do last year at a higher level. Right. I'm not saying he's a better receiver than Odell Beckham. I'm saying Odell Beckham's lost a little bit of a step when it comes to the knee injuries. And Allen Robinson, I think, is motivated. I think it's going to be very interesting, very interesting to see that if the Bills go all out to stop Cooper Cup on the front end of some of those bunch formations, that you have an isolated X receiver in Allen Robinson on the back end yep. who is – very motivated and very interested to show the entire world that it was the Bears and not him. Uh, so that would have been my my B real when it comes mm. to what I'm looking for with the Bills and the Rams. Moving along, the food simile for this evening is the Bills players in fantasy football in 2022 make me feel like i mentioned earlier that i was going to go somewhere with my hors d'oeuvres yes you did which is foods you haven't had but you have fantasized about 
-hmm. You see what I did there? You see, I did the thing. I connected the thing to the thing with the thing. Of course you did. The red wire connected with the blue wire. And that created a bomb? The bomb. The bomb show. Yes, the the bomb bomb. show. The bomb. So the Bills players in fantasy football in 2022 make Mm -hmm. me feel like. And I'm going to go first on this one. Okay. They make me feel like I am at an Asian buffet. And I have never had any Asian food before. And I'll tell you why. Because everything you come across for the first time, everything you come across on that buffet has the same possibility of being awesome. Everything you come across goes, yeah, I can see that being awesome. Yeah, I can see it. Because you have no other frame of reference. You don't know. You've never had Asian food before. So when you come across the Mugu Gai Pan Mm. or the chicken and broccoli or the General So's or whatever you've got, any one of those things has the exact same probability of being awesome because you don't know. The world is your oyster. It's a smorgasbord. So when I look at the Buffalo Bills offensive skill positions, I can make myself an argument. I can talk myself into Big years from everybody. I can see a path. I'm not saying they're all going to. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I can see a logical path where I wouldn't be surprised if Gabe Davis had 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns this year. That would not shock me at all. It would also not shock me if Dawson Knox had 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. That would not shock me. It would not shock me if Devin Singletary ran for 1,000 yards. That would not shock me. It would not shock me if James Cook took over week six as RB1 and ended up rushing for 820 yards and seven touchdowns and ended up being RB15 in the NFL. None of these outcomes would shock me. So everything I look at on this buffet, I go, yeah, that could be that could be the one. This one, yeah, that could, that could be the one too. This one over here, that one could be the one. You don't know until you try them. You're not going to know until the end of the meal. But every single thing I see in front of me, I can see a path to that one being really good. So I think I, I'm i going to kind of go off the same principle. You said, you know, Asian buffet. I'm going to go with like a smoked meat charcuterie board with smoked cheeses because the big thing for me and Bruce, I, I think I may have told you the story about when I was in Paris. Um, when I was in Paris, we went to this place that was actually right down the street from our Airbnb. Like it was a very close walk, you know, it was a wine and charcuterie like restaurant. That's all they had, but they had like, dude, the, the boards were like, you know, 10 by 10 and the meat was stacked like, like 15 inches high. It was insane and you know you had your pates some blood sausage you had some stuff in there that i was like i don't know about this but you're in paris and you're going to try whatever they put in front of you so i did um a lot of it was good some of it was weird um but i think where i'm seeing this particularly just like the bills offense and what they could be this year there is so much potential for them to be a significantly better team this year offensively because of their level and capability to be more consistent. And I think for me, that's the big thing this offense can be now with a, with an actual adequate running game. And I think a running back that can take off a little pressure from Josh Allen having to be a primary runner, but also for Josh Allen to have an escape route, a, a, a safety valve. And I know something that we talked about a lot, Bruce, is the fact that this offense now has the ability to dump off to the running back and do what, 85% of the other quarterbacks in the league get these garbage yards, particularly I think and garbage yards is derogatory, but I mean, Tom Brady lives off of dumping the ball down to the running back. Drew Brees kept his career alive by dumping the ball 140 times down to Alvin Kamara. So like there are guys that live and die by that. And Josh Allen exists in this really difficult down the field passing game. And if he could throw some layups in this offense, I think you could have, contributors like a James Cook be a huge, huge, huge piece 
to this offense's passing game and allowing them to become more consistent. Devin Singletary is going to have the ability to be a top-tier running back, I think, if he's going to continue early on in the season to get those early down runs. Then you've got Stephon Diggs, who's going his average, his ADP right now is, you know, early first round, second or third pick in the first round as, as wide receiver two or three. And then you've got Gabriel Davis, who's been like the enigma of fantasy football. Nobody can decide where he belongs. Is he a true number two? Is he, you know, a fifth round guy, sixth round guy, or should you be, you know, selling and, and moving away from a Gabriel Davis. Dawson Knox could very well, Bruce, enter into top, top tight end, tight end five territory this year if he can continue to increase his productivity inside the red zone. And then you talk about Isaiah McKenzie, who last year really wasn't much of a fantasy impact. He could be another piece to this puzzle offensively that provides a legitimate week-to-week fantasy value. So yeah, like I, I, what I'm doing is I'm talking through all these delicious smoked beets and all these delicious smoked cheeses and except not goat cheese. There's no goat cheese in this group because goat cheese is trash. But um, there is just such a wide array, a, a a bevy of just great pieces and, and different types of pieces on this offense that if you're a fantasy football owner and you have multiple one or multiple Bills players on it, you're not thinking that you're overbuying. I think most people think that you can live in a world where you've got Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, and Dawson Knox and feel really good about that. I agree with you. I think this is an offense that can support multiple skill, to, skill position pieces. Agreed. Yeah. Going to the mailbag. Mr. Gugino says, Bruce, I was hoping you, the Nate, and the listeners, the Nate, the could... Nate weigh in on a food issue that has polarized my family for years, namely ketchup on scrambled eggs. Ever since I was a kid, I have applied ample amounts of ketchup on scrambled eggs, omelets, and restaurant-style scrambles. My family is very much anti-ketchup on eggs, but I simply cannot eat scrambled egg-based meals without it. Now, this is important. Not just scrambled eggs. Scrambled egg-based meals. Eggs, omelets, scrambles, you sure. know, things like that. Putting aside your, quote, eat what you like philosophy, uh-huh. I would appreciate some hard uh-huh. opinions from you both as well as the comment section. So if you were here in the comment section with me and Nate, please share your thoughts on ketchup on scrambled eggs. I will go first. Okay. Ketchup is an extremely strong dominating flavor because of the intense amount of sugar involved in ketchup as such it must be extremely conservatively used and i do not put it on eggs for that exact reason Mm. whatever i put ketchup on inevitably tastes like ketchup 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 i will occasionally if it comes on a burger I will occasionally not ask for it off the burger, but I never put it on a hot dog. I am very, very, very conservative with it if I dip my fries in it. Mm -hmm. It is a scenario where ketchup is way stronger of a flavor than people take it for. There are certain people who will have something with ketchup for a significant portion of their lives and then have it without ketchup and realize they had no idea what it actually tasted like. Yeah, it actually tasted like, yeah. Because the ketchup is just such a dominating flavor. It's one of the reasons why I don't like yellow mustard is because yellow mustard has significant amounts of vinegar in it. And vinegar is also a very dominating flavor. And so I like things that have a little bit of subtlety to them. I like things that mesh well with other things. And so for me, having a dog, like a hot dog, that's got ketchup and mustard on it. If it's got enough ketchup and mustard, I don't even think you know what that hot dog tastes like. Yeah, that's probably right. And you know me. We've talked about this before. I am much more of a beef hot dog guy than I am a pork hot dog guy. So my wife and I had hot dogs the other day, and I am a beef hot dog guy. So absolutely eat what you like when you like. Mm-hmm. Of course. As Trey in the comment section says, live your truth. He has maple syrup with his eggs. So, hey, you I know don't hate that. Do what you do. But and for maple- me personally, I don't. Moving into maple syrup, like, is not that hard of a thing, especially because I am a big maple syrup with 
breakfast sausage guy. So inevitably, if I'm putting maple syrup on my plate, some of it's going to you know, bleed into my eggs, but I'm not going to probably do that on purpose. That's a little excessive. Um, however, ketchup and eggs, I, I would say I agree with everything you said. Once a year, maybe I'll crave putting a little bit of ketchup on my eggs, but a very small amount. Um, I in, in adulthood, I've learned to like ketchup less and less. Um, I agree. I think it's overly it's overly sugary, um, and it, and especially like the Heinz. I mean, you can have a very very processy processed type flavor in there, and I do not like the processed flavor that that a Heinz ketchup or off the counter ketchup. If you find somebody that makes homemade ketchup. It's an entirely different experience altogether. Now Absolutely. that I can get into, but off the off the counter knockoff ketchups, I mean, they are the first ingredient is sugar on the back. Um, so yeah, that's it. So for eggs, that's why that's not really for me. Um, I like I love Frank's hot sauce on eggs um, all day or green chili. Like also big big fan of that. Um, oh yeah, green chili on a lot of stuff. Yes, green my chili wife on is all a huge. Stuff. Frank's Red Hot person, so she would absolutely love the fact that you're saying Frank's Red Hot on eggs. Killer. Because much like the ad indicates, she will put that blank on everything. Yeah. I mean, same. I, it's the, the hot dog point, I've always I think is controversial. I think if you're putting mustard, at times ketchup can be a really good can be a really good like offsetter of the the standard yellow mustard however i think mustard ketchup white onion is a fantastic combination a very very good combination but i just added three things to the dog that i'm like yeah <laughs> nothing that you really want to have which is just like for me i, I would think of my kind of like my standard dog is mustard ketchup onion i don't mind relish um but mustard ketchup onion is kind of my is kind of my jazz but I could live without I a hundred percent. I could live out the ketchup, the mustard to me. I I'm a, I'm a mustard fiend. Like I, that, that's, that's just my jam. Give me a nice mild cheese and some bacon. I'm all about that. Maybe a little squirt of barbecue sauce, really small though. Gotta be very, barbecue very sauce is like 99% ketchup, Bruce. Right. Yeah. That's why you gotta be really, 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 really conservative with it. Yeah. Because you know that because you know, Barbecue sauce has other flavors in it to make it not just significantly sugar, right? Worcestershire and things like that. Worcestershire. That's right. Well, how do you say it? You say Worcestershire? I do say Worcestershire, yeah. That's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, quite frankly. You might not be. I, I don't know either. I, Worcestershire just sounds like you, you, you sound like you're trying to be too proper. But that's fine. You're a proper guy. I am a very proper man. There's no question. You are. I'm, I'm that's that's the book on me is I'm very buttoned up that is that is the book on Bruce Nolan yeah that is the book not gonna lie moving along winners and losers from this ah, week yes. in the NFL Nate I'm gonna ask you something okay when you have a running back in the mm -hmm. NFL mm -hmm. nowadays do you ascribe if you were running a team would you be a bell cow guy or would you be a running back by committee guy? Oh, that's such a great question. Right now, knowing what I know, I'd be a bell or I'd be a uh I'd be I'd be a committee guy. I'd want I'd want two guys with very different skill sets for different scenarios. Personally. I go back and forth on this. On one hand, I think it might be most efficient to have a bell cow back. And absolutely give him a billion touches for four years and then let him walk. Sure. On the other hand, I see the special specialization you're talking about. Different tools for different jobs. I love a good pass catching back. Maybe that's but, why. But then the counterpoint to that becomes specialization on offense breeds predictability. If you have somebody who's specialized, could. then the defense knows they're specialized. That and when they come on the field, if you're, you're a running your back. Hand. If you're a running back, I mean, you could still run the football. And sure. I think that plays into your hand. I mean, that's the thing I would say about J.D. McKissick that I think would have been really limiting is I, I'm not sure what he is, frankly, as a guy that you want to hand the ball off to more than two or three times a game in a third and long situation. Are you turning around and handing him on first down? No, I don't think so. Um, 
So I think for me, I that's why James Cook is so much more intriguing to me and so much what a I, I, sort of blessing in disguise the Bills didn't end up moving forward with J.D. McKissick. You'd rather have James Cook for a second round pick. 100%. Than J.D. McKissick at $3 million a year. 150%. Yeah. Well, that brings me to my winners and losers ah, okay. of the week. What do you got? Because this is related. My winner for this week is Seattle Seahawks running back Rashad Penny. And the reason is, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the health of Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker, but he's got a weird hernia situation going on. And Pete Carroll said, I don't know, we we haven't seen anything like it before. The doctors are an unusual situation where it's not an unusual hernia, it's just unusual for them. They've never seen it before. Mm. So Kenneth Walker, where they're kind of hoping is going to get back, but you don't really know. And Chris Carson isn't around anymore, which means Rashad Penny is going to be a 20 carry, 22 carry a guy right off the bat. Travis Homer, and baby. If Rashad Penny comes out and plays really well, remember Rashad Penny's on a one-year deal. One-year deal, yeah. If he comes out and plays really well, he's still young. He's 26 years old. He could still get a three-year meaningful deal from a team as a free agent next offseason. And the Seahawks would be willing to let him do that because they have Kenneth Walker waiting in the wings. That's right. So my big winner this week is Rashad Penny because the idea at the draft time was he might be in a three-way committee. And then it was Chris Carson retired. He might be in a two-way committee. And now all of a sudden, Rashad Penny, the guy who was previously concerned about getting hurt, now he's the last man standing for that team. and. Geno Smith's your quarterback. They're not going to sling the ball 40 times a game. That's not going to happen. So in the same way that I said DK Metcalf was a winner for getting his money before Geno Smith was his quarterback for an entire year, I also say Rashad Penny is a winner in Mm. this case. Like that. I'm going to go my biggest winner, Broncos country. That's right. Not Broncos country, but you know, the guy that that's so famous for saying Broncos country, let's ride. Uh, Russell Wilson gets absolutely paid uh, a contract that could be up to with incentives over the life of the contract, $295 million, Bruce. I know it's probably more, it's probably a lot like the Von Miller deal where a lot of that money, a lot of the guarantees are in the first three years, but Russell Wilson looked cooked man. And, and I know finger injury and he's coming back from that. And he was playing be- behind a crappy offensive line. Yet DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like really, really good receivers, particularly DK Metcalf. So I don't know. I, I, I think anytime you pay a quarterback, that type of money guaranteed before you watch him play a snap for you in a game situation, mm-hmm. not even preseason Bruce, you are a desperate, desperate franchise. And listen, they are not embarrassed by their desperation. They just are. They're a desperate franchise. They have not had a competent starting quarterback since Peyton Manning left. And that final year of Peyton Manning was ugly. So I, you know, they're Peyton desperate. Manning wasn't even a Peyton Manning. Yeah, they're desperately, they were desperately looking for something to get their fans in a better mind space with a new head head coach, a new ownership group, new general manager that's moving away from, from John Elway. So yeah, I, I get it, but Bruce, and, and I'm, I, I say this sort of tongue in cheek because it's probably not, it's probably not exactly right. Or it's, it's probably not as severe as I'm making it, but is anybody else's, is any other franchise given Russell Wilson that deal? The Browns? Yeah, yeah. They were pretty I, desperate. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe the Browns. Maybe the Browns. Um, the Washington Commanders? They traded for Carson Wentz. They did trade for Carson Wentz. All right. Well, again, maybe, again, I was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. But that's a lot of money, man. I'm sorry. I, I mean, just, nobody, Nate. Nobody at all. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm a bad I partner. you are a bad partner. Thank you. He's just, I was like, is anyone going to do that? He's like, yeah, actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight, nine, and 10 as well. Nate, you, you idiot. Um, you, you fucking idiot. Um, you fa idiot. Um, oh, Serena just, just blew that. Um, but yeah, Bruce, like I, 
I, I, my, my whole point about this is maybe not is, is maybe less about Russell Wilson being shot and more just like, can we see one live bullet fly and you get to see him make a completed pass to Cortland Sutton before you make this deal? I mean, ah, that, that that's just the crazy part to me. It's just, there it was, but before playing in any live game action, you, you made this decision. I think that's, that's interesting considering what I watched on film, especially towards the end of last year. It is. And you're just, you're banking that the fact that it was a finger injury and that was the deal. Like you're yep. banking on that entirely. And <clears throat> to be fair, they have seen him spin it in practice and there haven't been, yeah. re- yep. there haven't been reports from the Broncos media that he has been looking bad in practice. So maybe they feel comfortable. Also new ownership absolutely has something to do with this for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. 100%. So those are your winners for the week. Losers, you start. Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth on this. Um, it's it's probably got to be, it's probably got to be, oh, no, actually, I wanted to use him as my biggest winner, and I forgot to use him as my biggest winner. Can I, can I mention an honorable mention biggest winner? Absolutely. Kenyon Drake. Oh, yeah. Kenyon Drake. I mean... Yeah, you go from an afterthought with the Las Vegas Raiders right. to maybe the smart starting running back in yeah. Baltimore next to Lamar yeah. Jackson for right. at least at least a week or two until J.K. Dobbins is up and running. Correct. And and who he he's gonna have an opportunity to take it. I mean, not take it, take it, but he's gonna have an opportunity to be a committee back there. Big win for him. All right, my biggest loser. Sorry, I just wanted to I I, I just wanted to mention that. Um it's OJ Howard. Um and it sucks because it feels like this is this this might be close to the end for OJ. He just and I know he got picked up elsewhere. He got picked up by the Texans, and, and maybe he'll be that number two behind Brevin Jordan, who I like a lot for you deep fantasy uh, fan, dynasty owners looking for a steal. Brevin Jordan is going to be a special special player, and I I liked him coming a lot out of Miami, um, and I was surprised more teams didn't like him. Uh, he was young, he was raw. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't, don't get it twisted. OJ's not going there to be the starter. He looked shot, Bruce. He looks now he can still be a guy that function as an inline blocker. I thought that he looked fine as a blocker, um, maybe even better than some of the, some of the early years I saw him in, um, in Tampa for me, he is not, he's not the guy that he was drafted to be anymore. And that's a tough reality. So I, I think for him, his best bet is becoming as good and as an elite of an inline blocker as he can be. Um, I'm just not sure that he's got that got the goods there to stick around the league for more than a few more years. It just it 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 kind of feels close to the end there for for OJ Howard, which is a shame. I mean, he just he never really got to realize that ceiling that I think a lot of people had from him, and, and, that, and that Achilles injury can really it can be a devastating career-ending blow. Um, and I mean, look at Marlon Mack has not been the same. He, I thought for sure he was going to be RB one in, in Houston this year. He's on the practice squad, Bruce. Um, it's just a very difficult injury to come back for from, and I'll, I'll be interested to see what Ike Bucker looks like coming back from that injury. Achilles injuries are the new ACLs. The yes. thing that people were worried that was going to derail your career. Achilles industry injuries do it. We talked about a little bit on the Bruce exclusive recently, the assumption that people can just come back from Achilles injuries is just not the same, especially when you have players who rely on explosion to be able to do their jobs, explosion in and out of breaks. If you look at the list of running backs who have come back from Achilles injuries, it is not good. Like fantasy football rosters are literally littered with disappointing players that you thought were going to come back from Achilles injury. My biggest loser Mm. this week is Javante Williams, Denver running back. Javante Williams, for those of you who followed my journey to not this past draft, but the year before that draft, Javante Williams was my RB1. I had Javante Williams above Travis Etienne. I had him above Najee Harris. I stand by that. I thought he looked great last year. The Denver Broncos would like none of Javante Williams' season at all. The reports coming out of Denver right now are that Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, it's going to be a timeshare again. And we thought you might see Javante Williams' season 
Yancey and Javante Williams season. It's not happening. And in a lot of those high leverage situations, they might go to Gordon. So if yeah. you were hoping that you're, if you were like me, for example, because let's, let's be honest, Isaiah Spiller is probably never going to get a chance to be the dude. And I had him nope. as my RB one because he's buried in Los Angeles with the chargers behind Austin Eckler of all people. And now he's dealing with an ankle injury. So much of whether or not players pan out is based on opportunity. And Javante Williams probably ain't going to get the opportunity to be the unquestioned RB1 unless Melvin Gordon gets hurt. And for me, he's my biggest loser of the week. That's fair. Nate, we did the thing, dude. We always do end up doing the thing. We did all the things. All of the things have been done. Bruce, um, predictions for tomorrow night, Notre Dame. What do you got for me? You feeling good? Yeah, I feel fine. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I feel fine. Um, for Notre Dame. For those of for, you who do not know, Nate's team, Notre Dame, is playing my team, Ohio State, <laughs> tomorrow night. If you're listening to this on Saturday, then it's it's tonight at 720, 720, 730. 7:30. Oh, you you want to make you want to make a bet? We'll bet. You want to make a bet? Okay. I, I want some points. I don't want the 17 and a half, but I want some points. Oh, oh, you want points? So you're so yeah. you're, super, you're super confident is what you're saying. I I I'm I'm not 17 and a half. I, I'm not asking for 17 and a half. I would ask for really? three and a half. Okay. I will give you Notre Dame in three and a half. You'll give me Notre Dame in three and a half. Notre Dame in three and a half. Twenty bucks. You already owe me lobster. I owe you, yeah. I owe you lobster. Uh-huh. You owe me. You already owe me lobster. Um, I'll put the twenty bucks in the the box. Oh, by the way, hold on. Nate's grabbing something off screen right this now. This one is the one I'm really excited about. So, uh, one of our listeners sent us uh, from Nunday Mustard. I he I've got your box sitting here to the right of me. Um, this is the black or the the cracked peppercorn, which. I mean, Bruce, when you look at some of these, like, look at that bad boy. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Look how legit that looks. Um, Hold on. Oh, yeah, you were talking about he's got hot mustard or a uh, hot ketchup. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so this one I will I will be trying because it's a, it's a homemade ketchup. Um, hold on. This is the one I really want to show you, Bruce. Which one is it? Because this, this is going to be. This is absolutely riveting content. For people Listen, who are listening in podcast form. Yeah, well, you know what? This is what this is what they sign on for, buddy. This is what they sign on for. It's almost as good as us Googling things. Smoky maple. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I will send you the $20. Or, or better yet, when I send you the mustard, you can send me the $20 in the return address. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Three and a half. You're gonna be you're gonna be in such a bad bad mood next week. Yeah, I don't like. I'm not a betting man. You keep making me bet things. Yo, Rich, relax, dude. Rich I don't is, always. No, lose. Nate, you always lose. <laughs> Nate, have you ever won a bet against me? No, but I don't need to win a bet to feel like a man. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't. Good luck. You know what? I hope I win twenty dollars tomorrow. I hope that you all have enjoyed this. I hope that you get an opportunity to have that food you are fantasizing about. I hope the Buffalo Bills win before the next time we talk again on this show. And most importantly, I hope you didn't leave hungry. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.